Dad. I finally got a real personal day. Luke and I got some rest on the misty aisle with Spudnik, Lunatone, Soul Rock, Detective Reynolds, and Lois. It was a regular luau, just like grandparents' day on the boat with the olds. Fettuccine got longer, and we got to wake up the beautiful, wonderful Jirachi. Miguel's mud kip skipper got purified, and now we're off for our real mission to seal away the spiritum. Good thing, too, because Mason and Professor Nichols are looking like they could puke up some slugs at any minute. Luca, fire up the hog! Sealy, hit the mixtape! Or, or! And Jirachi, buckle up! Tomb of Sorrows, here we come! Pearl, you and Luca drive through the night in the SS Speedmeister with Seely and Jirachi riding with you in the sidecar. We are jamming out. Yes, it has been a few hours now of show tunes, and it took a little while for Jirachi to catch on, but pretty quickly, they picked up what you were putting down and are, are jamming out along with you. Jirachi happens once in a while, if you believe. Take it away, Jirachi! You showed me dreams. It loves it. They do love it. And if I, Jonah, knew miracles happen from the Princess Diaries better than I do, Jirachi would sing along here in the podcast. But our our listeners will just have to imagine it. You're welcome. Catch a falling Jirachi. Put it in your pocket. Another song from Princess Diaries. You're welcome. So that's what's been happening over the course of the last few hours. And uh, Luca has indulged you uh, as you have been doing this. He's been driving along through the night. And He's secretly been loving it. <laughs> Uh, he has been in a good mood uh, yeah. throughout this whole thing. Like, I think that there is a, a seriousness about him just because of the knowledge of what you all are going to do. But, I mean, how can you not be happy when you're yeah, hanging out with Jirachi? Heck yeah. <laughs> so you all have been heading east on Route 17 at a rapid pace, trying to make it to Shimeji Town before morning in order to keep Jirachi as hidden as you can. Behind you, Miguel is driving Professor Nichols' car on the main road, the bright headlights illuminating the road as your shadows stretch out before you in the light. As you get closer, you become increasingly aware of the pod in your bag, which carries the big heavy briefcase containing the odd keystone. As you begin to see the faintest amount of blue against the silhouette of the eastern Kanoko range, you also note the glow of streetlights ahead as you approach Shimeji Town. The night is slipping away as the dawn approaches, and you can make out the shapes of the town's old-timey buildings as you approach. Once you find yourselves on the outskirts of Shimeji Town, Luca and Miguel both pull over so that you all can confirm whatever your plan is moving forward. Well, uh, where do we think this... Um, two minutes. Professor Nichols has hopped out of the car, so is Mason. As, as you all are having this little get-together, this planning session, Professor Nichols says, uh, Well, the, uh, the Tomb of Sorrows is on uh, the northwestern side of the town. Uh, it's removed from most of the town activity. It's, it's in the side of the lurking mountain. Uh, so it is a fairly undisturbed site. It's mostly, um, well, folks like ourselves, uh, historical, you know, scientific types that go there. Uh, there is a bad reputation of the tomb and, you know, of that area. So, so at least as far as the last time we were here, it's not a place that most people go. Oh, hey. 
So uh, we should go there. Yes, yes. So uh, we can approach. Uh, we'll need to go on foot because it's you know tucked away toward the mountain. There's not a, a road that goes straight to it. But since we're currently on the western side of town, we can you know leave the car parked here and uh, make our way over there. Um, we don't actually need to go into town uh, in order to access it because oh, it's, it's it's on the northwestern side. And since we're already on the western side of town, we can we can just go up that way. Great. Excellent. As y'all are getting prepared to head that way, Miguel says, um, so uh, what, what would you like me to do? Uh, do you want me to go in or should I, you know, stay uh, at the at the entrance or, you know, just keep an eye uh, from a distance to make sure that there's no other uh, in- interference? What, what would you like me to do? Why don't we have you stay where the SSB Meister ends up parking? All right. Uh, and, okay. Okay. And you do just keep an eye for anyone who seems, you know, like coming that way. And if we get in a really tough pickle, I'll give you a call on, on uh, my pokey gear. Okay, excellent. I will. I'll stay in the area and make sure that nobody, you know, seems to be coming your way or you know anything like that. But I will. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can do that. Great. And I won't go in. Great. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> you have that conversation with him. Luca also comes over to you. He says, "Uh, hey, I forgot to give these to you before we left, but uh, Dad gave us uh some presents." Whoa! Cool. Because he uh, he knew what we were going to be going and getting into. Uh, but here, and he pulls a couple of TMs out of his pocket. These Ooh. little these little drives. Go ahead and roll a D six two times, and that will determine which TMs you receive. I got a three and a one. With a three and a one, you receive the TMs for Brutal Swing and Light Scream. TM 59 is Brutal Swing. You swing your arms around violently, attacking anything within a five-foot circle centered on yourself. All creatures in range must make a dexterity save against your move DC, taking 1d10 plus move dark damage on a failure or half as much on a success. So that is one of the TMs that you receive. And then you also receive TM 16 Light Screen. When you are hit by a ranged attack, use your reaction to take half the damage dealt. So you don't necessarily have to give those to uh, any of your Pokemon right now, but you have the option if any of the ones that are in your party can learn those, you could certainly teach them. But who all is in your party right now? Right now, it's George Foreman. Coco, Seely, and Darla. All right. She seems tough enough. <laughs> she's spunky. Yeah. She's naughty. She's spunky. Who could learn Brutal Swing in that group? No one that is currently in your party with those particular four can learn any of those. But you do have Pokemon who can learn those moves. Um, Pearl tries to make Darla. She takes Darla out for a second, tries to make Darla. Use, Darla, this is for you. Hold on. And she's chasing her around, trying to make her learn brutal swing. <laughs> Darla! She's and, running around. And Darla, like, picks it up, like, then, you know, throws it across a rock, you know. <laughs> she, like, throws this jump drive just, like, out into some bushes. You gotta oh, go dig Darla! it up. Fine, you're not getting it. <laughs> and she loves it. She loves this. She thinks this is hilarious. Oh, she she's having a ball. Yeah. Oh, And then so Pearl finally looks at it and goes, I can't even use this with you. Louie. <laughs> this is what happens when you just kind of, you know, random palooza your gifts. Because <laughs> you were so busy, Louie. You couldn't take the time, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just messing with you. Out of all of the ones that you could have gone, there were ones that you could teach right now, some that would be good, you know, at different times. It just happened that none of the four. Louie, and they call you an elite party. four? Oh, my gosh. Sheesh, that guy. I'll get him back. <laughs> okay, I'm ready now. 
as you all are making your way over to the lurking mountain to head to the entrance to the Tomb of Sorrows, Lucas says, okay, so what's the game plan for, you know, how, however we're going to do this? You know, we're taking the thing back and then and then what? How do we want to try to fight this thing? Well, okay, so remembering from my knowledge and my history of what do you do with the hunted spear tomb? What do you do with the hunted spear tomb? What do you do with the hunted spear tomb early in the morning? We have to uh, use a cleanse hack. Which the professor, right? You, we've already done that. Yes. So unless you've taken them off, no. there are still cleanse tags on the spirit tomb. Great. Which I will need to pull off in order for us to. I suppose we have to to summon it in order for for something to happen. Is that um, right? Um, Jirachi, any thoughts here? Yes. What was your question? Well, okay. So we have the cleanse tags. Yes. And oh, that won't do it. Oh, okay. And I imagine Pearl's just sitting on it in her, you know, deal or no deal briefcase. <laughs> so you've taken it out of the pod and it's just yeah. the briefcase again? Okay, cool. And she's just kind of sitting on it. Well, okay, so we, we well, uh, wow, so much for history, am I right? Um, <laughs> and then we have the professors here. And I remember from my Pokedex, it's like we have to break a spell. Yes, so... What you'll need to do is uh, those things, uh, whatever magic is on them, is enough to keep the spear tomb at bay, but it's not enough to seal it away. Okay. So what you're going to have to do is you'll have to, to take those off. Oh, okay. It's not going to be happy. You, you'll have to summon it. Okay. In the same way that you had to speak the words to bring me, you'll have to say the words to bring it out. Professor, do you know those words? Too well, yes. Ah, okay. Um, oh, yeah, of course you do. Um, do you, are you sure you want to be the one to take the cleanse tag off? I, I, I can be. I mean, I well, I don't have Pokemon of my own or anything, and I, I don't know that there's much else that I could really do. So okay. I, I, I feel like it's the least I can contribute. Hey, maybe after you say the words, you take the tag off. You just run. Yes, yes. You I should will, just run. I will get out of the and way. And you should meet up with Miguel. Well, he needs to be present. Ah. So once you defeat the spirit tomb, that's when I will be able to seal it away. But it has to be defeated first. Oh, okay. Now I get it. So you're the secret ingredient. I've only got enough power from the wish to seal it away once it's defeated. Wait. So once it's defeated and you do it, we... I mean, I'll still be here. You'll just have to take me back home. Oh, okay, great. We get the, we get more karaoke afterwards. Yeah, more karaoke. Okay, great. I'm going to introduce you to a band called the Spice Girls when we get back. Oh, okay. Uh, tell me what you want. What you really want. Okay, you're going to love it, Jirachi. <laughs> okay. Um, well, cool. I think it's pretty straightforward then, guys. All right. Well, so, well, that's, that's what I'm asking, though. I mean, do we want to do like we did... You know, at the fight at the cottage and just, like, let some of them run wild and do their own thing? Or do we want to, you know, keep whoever we got out oh. under our control? Like, no, should I, I just, like, let be... Tufus go buck wild? Or? No, 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 no. I think we should be pretty direct and straightforward. All right, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. yeah. A little more organized. Um, Darla, do you got that? Evie! Darla, get back over! Alright, we'll be as organized as we can. Um, Coco, I need you to talk to Darla and tell her what's up, okay? Let's see. Alright, you guys have a talk session. Um, but Professor, I think we should just go to where uh you guys took it. Alright, yes, we will uh we'll take you back there. We know the way and we know where the keystone goes. Great. So uh, yes, we can we can do that. Ready, Mason? Yeah, and I'll do whatever I can uh, to battle this thing, too. Great! You know, I've, I've got my team, I've got Yamask and the rest, so... Sounds good. All right. 
Well then, let's uh, let's do it. Let's do it. And she picks up the briefcase. It feels heavier than it has before. Okay. Much like the ring on the way to Mount <laughs> Doom. I think she notices it, but she doesn't say anything. Yes. So, as you all find a good parking spot for the SS Speedmeister and Professor Nichols' car, he and Mason guide you to the entrance of the tomb. A large... <gasps> Hold up! <gasps> y- um, yes. Georgie. Ooh. Darla, Coco, get back in the ball. Love you guys. Um, Georgie. Ooh. When we get closer, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you out here. Ooh. And when we get closer, I want you to eat this. And she gives Georgie a special attack. A special like an X defense. Which but, one is it? Oh, I'm sorry. A special defense. All right, you give her an X special defense that you essentially like you're planning on as soon as, you know, if Professor Nichols is the one who's putting this keystone back in place and removing the tag saying ye old magic words. Yep. You're directing that is her when to, Georgie to eat before, yes. you know, as it's whatever's happening is about to pop off. You're telling her to eat. I just, that. Wanted, Got to it. S- I just wanted to do it before I forgot personally. Fair enough. And then um, in the fashion of last time we did this with the spear tomb, she takes Celie out. Order. Celie. Or. Quick hug. Order. Or. Okay, it's not so quick. You give her a nice, nice length hug. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And then she puts her back in her ball, too. Yeah, you put her back in her Pokeball. Okay, great. Nice. Here we go, team. All right. What do you do with the hunted spear tomb? What do you do with the hunted spear tomb? What do you do with the hunted spear tomb? Take it back to its cave. Oh, hey, hello. Wow, I can't wait to tell all the sailors that I did this one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that'll make for a great story on the boat. Oh, yeah. Ship. Keep it correct. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be respectful. I know. I do good. So, Professor Nichols and Mason guide you to the entrance of the tomb, a large carved doorway on the eastern side of the lurking mountain, tucked away from whatever hustle and bustle the city might have during the day. Great craftsmanship. You continue to feel the strength of this ominous presence growing as you approach. You see the carved double doors behind these large columns that appear to hold up the stone canopy. Wow, who did the work in this place? I don't know why, but my brain imagines a desert more so too. Mm. Like a rocky, dusty type. Is that accurate? So, in this place, you are on the outskirts of Shemeji Town, which is uh, at the base of, you know, the Lurking Mountain and Mount Morel. So, the Lurking Mountain, I think that Professor Nichols would probably just tell you this along the way. It's like a smaller mountain that is pretty much always in the shadow of Mount Morel, which is where the Pokemon League is. Uh, So, this is this, you know, crookedy-looking smaller mountain that has this tomb carved in the side of it. So the terrain around here is very much like base of mountain. It is uh, a little bit more um, of the kind of badlands, wasteland kind of vibe once you get into this zone, especially as you approach the lurking mountain. As you were going along Route 17, there was still plenty of trees and whatnot uh, as you were making your way along the road. And certainly in Shemeji Town itself, you could see along with the uh, very historical looking buildings, you know, there were trees along the streets and things like that. But life seems to go away away a bit as you approach this. As they approach too, the briefcase has gotten to a point where she's now just kind of like, like there's a little trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely there is. But you see these double doors with these large columns that look like they're almost holding up this stone canopy that has been just carved into the side of this mountain. And carved upon the columns, you note these runes that are different from the unknown runes that you've seen before on the couple of shrines that you've been to so far. Jirachi, this is great work. Do you know who did this? Is it what it like? Were there more little stars who came in and just you know, carved away? This was not done by anything good, no. Oh, okay. 
<clears throat> Crummy work. Who <laughs> <laughs> slapped that together? These runes that are on these columns and things, uh, you, you note as you approach, they appear to be curved, uh, sleeker, and sharper. Uh, these symbols struck into the rock in what almost looks to be like a slicing, cutting manner. If you're thinking about, in, in, in D&D terms, right, uh, it's more of almost an elven script than more of like a blocky dwarven script. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, but it's very, it's very like curved and angular yeah. uh, and everything. And go ahead and uh, make a arcana check just as arcana. you walk up. Arcana! Oh, that, that was not a good theme song for an arcana <laughs> check. Four. Four. There's some carvings in some rocks. Yeah, I mean, I can really tell. It looks like a waffle maker did this. <laughs> So you are currently outside the tomb, and do you just head right in through these uh, large double doors? Yeah, Pearl slaps the doors. Doom, doom. Your slapping does not really do anything to move them, but uh, just Professor- Just making sure no one's home. <laughs> it does not seem that way, but Professor Nichols and Mason push one of the double stone doors open. Wow, have you guys been working out? I mean, I've just been on the road. I can tell. It's it's, I mean, it's heavy. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and then she tries to push it. I mean, got it. <laughs> Come on, Jirachi. Okay. And Jirachi floats in alongside you. Catch a falling Jirachi and put it in your pocket. Save it for a... Oh, it's uh, bleak in here, guys. Yep. Yes, it is. As you make your way into the tomb and enter this large main chamber, uh, you see basic signs of either visitors or intruders over the years. Uh, you know, there's you know a little bit of trash here and there and a bit of light graffiti here and there, just like right inside the doors. But as you come in, uh, you feel even more and more of that just like oppressive presence. You know, you feel like a weight on your shoulders almost uh, just pressing down on you as you go further in. And Professor Nichols says, Yes, uh, well, it seems as though things haven't changed too much since the last time we were here. You know, some young folks who are up to no good come in here sometimes, and uh, <laughs> uh, there are some stories about people trying to spend the night out here or, you know, check things out. Uh, tends to not go too well. <coughs> yeah. Hello! Jirachi! Pretty much the only light in here at this point is the glow coming off of Jirachi. Uh, other than that, it is quite dark. And again, uh, since Jirachi is near you, the light that comes off of you, you know, bounces off of the walls. But your long shadows do uh, creep along the sides of these these stone walls. As you are in this main chamber, uh, it does seem very, very old, obviously. Uh, again, the same sort of uh, carved stone throughout. What, what would you like to do as you are in here? Okay, Professor. Um, lead the way. All right. Luca. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I'm kind of trying to just streamline this thing. I don't like being in here that much, but don't let it show, okay? Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Me neither. Me neither. Catch a falling Jirachi, put it in your pocket. All right, let's keep it going. Brisk pace, am I right? <laughs> and she's really starting to drag this briefcase. Yeah, just hey, pulling Luca, it along. Luca, yeah, yeah. Um, can't move that fast. Will you help me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and he, you know, he helps you carry the weight of your I burden. It. I knew I had to. I had to do it. 
<laughs> this is gonna make any gym battle seem lighter. After this, <laughs> am I right? Okay, thanks, Luca. He puts you on his shoulders. Oh, I can't carry the briefcase, but I can carry you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He doesn't sound like Shane, though, when he says it. He says, I, I can't carry the briefcase, but I can carry you. But wait, does he actually put me on his shoulders? You know what? For the goof, yeah. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> it was going to be like a briefcase. Like, just they're both, like, they're almost walking, like, hand in hand. <laughs> he does whatever you want okay, him to do. Great. I just wanted so, to make the Lord hey, of the Rings Hey, you know goof. what? He doesn't do what we want him to do. He does whatever the fans want him to do. So, fan art, that decision's in your hands. <laughs> However you choose to imagine them making their way down a dark and ominous hallway in the Tomb of Sorrows with this awful briefcase containing the odd keystone, that's up to you. However you want to envision that, yeah. listeners. <laughs> Well, Professor, I love your power walk. We're here. <laughs> ah, I'm skeezed out. Let's keep going. <laughs> Are you looking at anything around this place as no. you're making your way through? Just going pretty no, much No, I'm really it. not. And I hope <laughs> nobody's upset by that. But I really, she's worked really hard for this mission. And I think it's time sensitive. So, I mean, and she's also exhausted. And if we succeed, I think there'll be plenty of time to do that later. Yeah. And if that stuff goes away, then so be it. Wasn't meant to see it. Wow, love your power walking suit. Where'd you get your little shoes? I think that the professor is also very goal-oriented yeah. at this point, as he and Mason are, are taking point, knowing the way through this tomb. As you all were in this uh, main entrance chamber, there are three hallways that seem to oh, split out of it. it. Oh, come on! Professor? Mm, yes. Yeah, You're yes, a Your memory better be strong. Pick the right one, dude. Oh, I have not forgotten. Okay, thanks. Woo! Glad we got you here. <laughs> <laughs> he and Mason walk down the center hallway as you all make your way further into this tomb, disregarding the two to the sides. But you followed them as you step down uh, this stone hallway, continuing to make your way as uh, it gradually does slope down some more. There there are some steps as well. Uh, It does appear, uh, as you all are walking through this space, uh, with a little bit of light that you have from Jirachi, you can tell that this architecture, again, is is very old, and I think that the professor would point out that, you know, it, it is over a thousand years old. It's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah, that's a given, professor. It's Pokemonologist knowledge, you know, but it's good. Yeah, 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 share that. Share that with the group. <laughs> and if you also notice, this is similar to the cave that was built underneath the lab. So that shows that this little creature, the Spiritomb, enjoys being underground. Thank you. Moving forward, we're walking, we're walking. I will say, in that vein, it does not seem as much like the really rough hewn, uh, just as though something, you know, natural and awful clawed its way into the earth like it did under the lab. Uh, But this does seem to have been, you know, made by humans, you know, carved out in whatever way. And maybe they had Pokemon help them or whatever, but there, there is actual architecture in this place and you do see you know some of these carvings uh on different structures as you continue further and further down in the next chamber that you enter as you make your way for a good little ways whatever light may have been you know coming from outside as you left the door you know cracked open behind you still before the dawn but just that faint blue glow on the horizon is completely gone and the only light uh, that you all have to see unless uh, anybody uses any other light is the glow of Jirachi other than that it is completely dark oh Luca maybe we'll get a series of puzzles instead of a battle 
Yeah, that'd be really nice, wouldn't it? puzzles, yeah. Yeah. Like a little, you know, like, oh, remember this pattern and, you know, tap three times, then, you know, do a twist. Yeah, sure. No, I, lo- I love Finish puzzles. Finish the riddle. I love a good puzzle. I love a good puzzle. Yeah. Pearl checks her poker gear really quick. Okay, for checks, what? Checks the signal. Uh, the signal has gotten to be less and less as you make your way further inside this mountain. Okay. Where this tomb is. Kind of felt, felt that. Um, she would like to try to send one last text message to Miguel. Okay. Just saying, entering, like, deep cave now. Got it. Just one last check-in of, you yeah, know, we're on just, track. Yeah, just giving him a time reference, too, if we're there for three days. Because that's the thing. Like, Professor and Mason were gone for years and years and years of time. <laughs> so I think she's just, you know, wants to give, like, some kind of time stamp, too, of when this was close to beginning. Right, when when you were going in there. And, and as a reminder, they did not get sucked into, you know, their uh, awful time vortex distortion world situation while they were here. Right. But they took the odd right. keystone from here and took it back to the lab. Right, and by awakening it. In the lab. Yeah, Correct. they were Correct. sucked in. So, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I hear what you're doing. I also just wanted to remind the listeners uh, of the circumstances. Thanks for being with us on the journey, folks. Uh, it's been, it's been a year in the making. I hope I can give you more cool things from this cave, but I just can't right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But we appreciate you. You're very goal-oriented. Very goal-oriented. There's plenty more should you choose to explore it once you, quote, make it out alive, end quote. (laughs) Yes. But you all continue through this hallway and find yourself in another large chamber once you have uh, gone more significant ways underground and find yourselves in another what seems to be main chamber. As you enter this room, you and Luca both are, like, struggling to pull the briefcase with the weight of it just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. But you enter this room, and in it, give me a perception check. 25. With a 25 perception, even in the darkness of the room as a whole, you are able to make out certain things by the light of Jirachi, even amongst, you know, the, the rippling shadows as they bounce off of the different structures and features of this room. You can tell with your 25 that this room is in a state of disarray. There is a certain destruction that has happened here uh, that does not seem to be recent. It seems as though whatever happened here happened a long, long time ago. It looks as though there was some sort of battle in this chamber a long time ago, and that since then it has remained relatively undisturbed. With your 25, I would say that you've also noticed as you walked down the tunnels, at certain points, your shadows just seem to move in ways that they should not. Hate that. Cool DM move. Hate that. <laughs> <laughs> give you that with your 25. Love it. <laughs> there has been a slight draft making its way through the hallways. Catch a falling draft, but in your pocket. <clears throat> it's going to be all right. That's right. It's going to be okay. Thanks for being here, Jirachi. I'm really thankful for your light right now. Of course. That's what I'm here for. But as you look around the room, you do note that it is in this state of disarray where it seems like certain things have like fallen over. Some columns are broken. There are some tables and things that are overturned. Different stone structures that, you know, seems like the, the lids of some of them are, you know, askew, things like that. And toward the center, you see that there is what looks like an altar. And behind it, 
The best comparison that I have is sort of like in Skyrim. If you're in like a dragon's lair where it's got that curved wall with all of the runes along the sides, it is a similar aesthetic to that. Uh, this curved wall in the back of this chamber directly uh, behind this altar of sorts. Uh, and there are more of these runes that are these similar shapes of the ones that you saw on the columns outside and as you have been walking here into the tomb. You know, Jirachi, one of the keys of interior design is themes. Yeah, it was good, really good themes here. Keeping it consistent. She starts to sweat. Consistently awful. This yeah. is, uh... Well, um, Professor, this looks like a good a place as any as she wants to start to lift up the case. You say this to him and, and go to lift up the case as he says, yes, this, this is the place. This is it. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I should have carried that. I, I apologize. Here, no, Pearl, let me I pick that up. I think it's better if you don't. Do you hand it over to him? No. Well, I'll, I'll need to put the stone on the altar to remove the tags and, and say the words. Yeah, yeah. Let us just put it on the thing, and then, then you can do that, okay? All right. Sure, sure. Cool, cool. cool. I mean, I got to get my reps in. And she starts to lift it up. So what are you doing? Are you, like, going up to this altar and, like, trying to take the keystone out and put it on it? What are you doing? I am going up to the altar. Okay. Lifting the briefcase okay. and putting the briefcase on there. And then I'm going to back away and let the professor do the thing. Okay. As you approach the altar, you do see that it seems like there is a, a sort of indentation where the keystone would fit. Go ahead and make a strength check. I'll give you advantage because Luke is helping to lift up the briefcase and uh, place it up there. I just want to at least attempt to get this thing in the right spot before he goes evil on me. <laughs> That's just Sarah talking, not Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> but Pearl doesn't trust him necessarily right now either. The professor? Yeah. 12. 12? With advantage. With advantage, a 12. Uh, it is difficult. And between you and Luca, it's also like a little bit higher than you could reach up kid, to get it in the spot. As a child to reach. <laughs> <laughs> it seems adult I'm short size. for my age. But Professor Nichols says, do, do you need some help with that to, to put it up there? Do we? To get it up there, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I thought I was ready for this new weight, but apparently not. He goes to take the briefcase from you and, without effort, lifts it up and places it on the altar. That doesn't sit right with Pearl. Pops open the clasps of the briefcase and opens it up as the keystone, smothered and covered in these cleanse tags, uh, is inside. With your 25 perception... As the briefcase is open and you see the odd keystone, you do see a faint purple glow on that back wall in those runes. And you also see just some more shifting of shadows in the room. All right, folks, we're not alone anymore. Everybody get ready. All right, I'm good. Mason, you good? Yeah, I'm all set. Okay, Georgie, eat up. During the following, George eats her ex-special defense. And for the next minute, she will have a plus two to her saving throws. Luca has Mikey at the ready, and Mason has Yamask. Of course. Yamask, good to see you, bud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Feels like just yesterday, doesn't it, Yamask? Probably for you, because what's time to a ghost? Keeping up a theme. Ba-dum. Gee. Thank you, Seely. Knew you have the drum kit ready. <laughs> <laughs> just because we're in a cave of horror doesn't mean we can't have fun, right, guys? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I walked into this tomb and I said, What sorrow? Ching. Thank you, Sealy. I'm here all night. Remember to tip your ghosts. Order. Order. 
You have George Foreman at the ready. She has eaten her ex-special defense. Luca has Mikey ready to go. Mason has Yamask. As the three of you stand ready with your Pokemon for whatever's about to happen, Jirachi floats alongside you and puts their little hand on your shoulder. It's going to be all right. I'm here to help. Thanks, Jirachi. We got this, guys. Let's do it! Professor Nichols picks up the odd keystone from the briefcase and places it in the indentation of the altar and one by one removes the cleanse tags from the stone. The more of the tags that he removes, the more the runes on the back wall begin to glow. And as he removes the last of the cleanse tags, he speaks the words of the runes on the odd keystone. Make an insight check. Natural 20. Natural 20. I'm so thankful for that. If that's the only nat 20 I get of this process, I feel like that is worth it. As he speaks these words, I think it strikes you immediately that it does not seem to cause him the same physical pain that it did when he said the words to awaken Jirachi. This seems much easier and effortless. In life tormentors, in death tormented, Spirits dwelling within have been connected and bound to the keystone, unhappiest, to reside in the realm where there is no rest. Whilst evil remains within this token, the spell shall remain unbroken. But beware, not waits for thee but gloom, who speaks the name of Spiritum. As he speaks the words in a similar fashion to what you have seen before, emerging from the odd keystone, uh, these wisps and spirals of green and purple swirl around to form this almost projection of a face with the familiar jack-o'-lantern smile and swirly eyes. The light from Jirachi no longer is the only source of light, but there is this sickening green and purple light coming from this projected disc of a face with these jagged edges as the spirit tomb... emerges from the stone. Hi, great to see you again. Feels like a year, doesn't it? I'm still 10. Well, I guess, well, you know, how's your year been? (laughs) As it is forming in this moment, you also, with your 25, notice on the sides of the room, some of the shadows. Oh, cool, cool, you brought friends. That's nice, I brought friends too. Materialize into other ghostly forms. Uh, Luca? Yep, here it comes. Let's do it! As the Spiritomb says, You will be mine. Roll initiative. Not today! But I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I missed that voice. <laughs> no, she didn't miss that voice. Hello, friends. Jonah here to say thank you for listening to Postcards from Pearl. I'm going to try to keep it tight this week because I want to get to this battle just as much as you do. But first, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our incredible partner, Dice Envy. This week, check out the Metal Healer Gold Edition Infinity Dice. Who needs all those pointy D4s that you're inevitably going to step on when you can get some sweet curvy dice with a retro video game theme? If you're looking to add to your dice hoard, you can get 10% off of your purchase at Dice Envy by going to diceenvy.com slash questco or by using promo code questco at checkout. That's Q-U-E-S-T-C-O for 10% off of your entire order. 
If you're a fan of what we do here on Quest Company Jr. and you'd like to give us a boost, please go to our page on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a rating and review. It is a huge help to us and we read every review that comes in. We got a new review in this week from Lucy, aka Hurt Raccoon 12345 with a great five-star rating and an NPC request. And I gotta tell you folks, Lucy's got the right idea. Posting that review guaranteed that I saw that request and the five-star rating along with it sure didn't hurt. Stay on the lookout because I gotta find somewhere to put this character. And if you really love what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you want to take the next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us with necessary expenses, help us continue to improve the quality of the show, and get access to exclusive content and patron rewards. If you'd like to give us that support, you could do so at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can find the link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanyjunior.com. If you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through our website or by finding us on Instagram and Twitter at Junior. You can also hang out with us in our QuestCo Discord. The link to that is on our website and Twitter. We know that word of mouth is the best way to get people listening to a new podcast, and that's especially true for independent shows like ours. So we would love to see you posting about the podcast and telling your friends about us. If we see you tweeting about the show or posting fan art using hashtag QuestCodeJunior or hashtag PostcardsFromPearl, you might get a character named after you on the show. And if you have fan art of the podcast that you want to share, just make sure when you post it to tag us so that we can see it. Speaking of fan art, we've gotten some more fabulous art sent to us since our last episode. Thank you to Mackie for a wonderful drawing of Pearl, Seely, Coconut, and Fanta. And thank you to Fairytale Girl MB at Emburgundy on Instagram for some beautiful sketches of Pearl and Jirachi. If you haven't seen those, go check out our Instagram and Twitter where we'll be sharing them or on the fan art page of the website where we have a gallery of all the art that people have sent us. Quest Company Jr. is a proud member of Podicon Go, a group of independent podcasts supporting high-quality content that's fun for the whole family. Podicon Go is your reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcasts that everyone can enjoy, with shows ranging from animal facts to stories to audio dramas to RPG actual plays and more. Check them out at PodiconGo.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the amazing artists whose music is featured in this episode. Thank you to Foolboy Media for the song Video Game Land. Thank you to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective for a bunch of songs this week. The Courage of Trainers, The Red Chain, Team Galactic's Plot, A New World Order, Battle at Spear Pillar, Garatina and the Distortion World. Thank you to Daniel Rand for the song's unwelcome guest, Dark Places, They Left Me In Here, Barrels, Blood and Bone, and Diaspora Ninalata. Thank you to Heaven Wraith for the song Army Worthy of Phobos. Thank you to Glitch X City for Diamond and Pearl Cyrus Battle Remix and Giratina Battle Remix. And thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. That's all for me, so let's get back to the action. Thank you for joining us here at Quest Company Jr. So with initiative rolled, Luca and Pearl are actually at the top of initiative, and we will see how everything else shakes out as we go along. But Pearl, 
Before we get into initiative, with your insight check, you see that for a moment it looks as though like more of these shadows attempt to enter Professor Nichols, and you see like him glowing for just a moment, particularly uh, around you know his his face, his eyes. Professor, remember you said to run, run. Ugh. And as he runs from the altar, you see he seems to fight off whatever you know uh, was t- attempting to take him over. As he uh, rolled very high on the saving throw that he just needed to make. Nice as he goes to get out of the way, as the spirit tomb has now come out fully. Jirachi, go near the professor. Yes, I'll do my best to keep them clear, but you you focus on that. Jirachi, it's not talking time, just go. Okay. See you later, karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> so Luca is up first. And here's what I will tell you. Again, because you got the 25, you have noticed these other shadows and things on the sides of the room. And emerging from those, to your left, from a pile of rubble, you see a shadowy figure that looks like some sort of uh, awful haunted doll that has emerged from the shadows. It's got, you know, zippers uh, across its mouth uh, as it floats there and coming towards you all. And then on the other side of the room, to your right, it looks like what may be uh, the, the lid of some sort of sarcophagus or something bursts open and some mummified looking creature with one eye raises up almost uh, Frankenstein-like uh, with two hands up in the air uh, forward as it glares towards you all and <laughs> its wrapped legs come over the side and it starts making its way towards you all. So with your 25, you see that there are three creatures out here, the spirit tomb and these other two ghosts. Pearl Quayley turns over to Luca. Some may call this a uh, graveyard smash, but I like to call it a monster mash. <laughs> you do. Yep, monster mash. Got it. And what would you like Luca to do with Mikey? There are these two Pokemon that have come out in addition to the Spiritomb. So what do you want Mikey to do? Who do you want him to go after? Mikey's going to try to use hypnosis on the Spiritomb. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that is a wisdom save for Spiritomb. See. DC 16, but that is a 19 for the Spiritomb, as it is unaffected by Mikey's attempted hypnosis. Uh, He sends out these, you know, swirly wisps of his own at the creature, but they just seem to disperse in front of this apparition. That is Luca's turn. Now you're up. Okay, we're going to try Destiny Bond on the Spiritomb. All right, George Foreman is going to use Destiny Bond on it. All right. Oh, my. Okay, what is the DC for Destiny Bond? 14. Four plus nine is a 13. Yes. As Destiny Bond does take effect. What does this look like? That's what I needed. I think when I say it's a monster mash, Georgie kind of gets excited and she does a little twirl and then she changes from her normal outfit into a little spookier person. And she's kind of like into her ghosty self right now. And so, you know, she gets a little ghostified, you know, cobweb skirt, you know, purple accents. (laughs) And um, from her new hands that she adores, she does this like thunderous clap. Like a little ghostly, like, boom, boom. And from it, Destiny Bond shoots out of her hands. I imagine that the Destiny Bond, as she does this clap, it's almost like a wave of these, like, ghostly combi are now, like, yeah. circling around the spirit. And they just kind of do a little dance. It was a graveyard smash. And while while the spirit tomb's around, there's these tiny little combis trying to dance with it. <laughs> Good on your turn. That's... I'm so thankful. That was my plan. Wowza, yeah. Also, that used two PP. Destiny Bond? Yes. Why? Any moves against Spiritomb cost an extra one PP. 
Okay, good to know, good to know. So then, after your turn, the spirit tomb is next. On its turn, it is going to use a bonus action to use Shadow Sneak, striking out at both Mikey and George Foreman. That is a natural 20 to hit Mikey. Wow. Oh, no. This feels right. That was maximum damage. Oh, no. He's been waiting. That was 10, double the 20, 23, then doubled because it is super effective to 46 points of ghost damage. Wow, okay. Let's try to keep it fun. (laughs) That feels right. (laughs) You are in its lair. As normally, Shadow Sneak only targets one creature, but as it is in its lair, it targets two. And then for George Foreman, that is a 17. Does that hit? My AC 17, so yes. Just barely hits with a 17. As George Foreman takes six points of ghost damage. And as it's action, it's going to choose. Odds is Mason. Evens is Professor Nichols. Mason is going to need to make a charisma saving throw. I want you to roll it for him. Natural 20. Back off. Back off, Spirit Tomb. You think that's your boy? No, it's my boy. That's what Pearl says to it. Oh, dang. Clutch saves for the Nichols fam. Yes, Nichols. Good job, guys. Okay, so you see that much in the same way that there was these uh, shadows swirling around Professor Nichols and his eyes glowed with that green for a moment as he was making his way uh, away from the keystone. In the same way, this starts to happen to Mason as the Spiritomb fixes his gaze upon him. But Mason is able to shake it off uh, with the support of, I think, Yamask next to him. Yeah. Fights off some of these shadowy spirits but that is the Spiritomb's turn. It is then actually Mason's turn. You go. Who sends Yamask forth as he says, let's deal with some of the other problems. I think Pearl and Luca have got the main thing. Will-O-Wisp on that one, as he points to the creature with the zippered mouth that looks like this haunted doll sort of thing. That was a natural one on the Will-O-Wisp though. As Yamask shoots out these ghostly flames, this creature just fades back into the shadows as they hit the wall to no effect and it fades back into existence, seeming to come in and out of this ethereal plane. Next up is the mummified creature, who is going to (laughs) attempt to use Disable on George Foreman. So I need Georgie to make a wisdom save. Okay, and we get plus two to that. Yes, you get an extra plus two because of your ex-special defense. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20. That's uh, why I had that special defense. You succeed, and none of her moves are disabled. Right. As this creature with its one eye, it sort of glows for a moment as uh, it tries to, you know, disable Georgie, you know, weakening her attacks. And, and then one of her, her little destiny things. bond combies comes in and goes, mm-mm. And then <laughs> <laughs> one of the little ghostly combies says, no, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't think so. But that is that Pokemon's turn. It is then the one with the zipper mouth's turn who is going to come after Yamask. Come after it. It is going to use Hex. Unnatural 20 as Yamask takes 14 doubled to 28 points of ghost damage as it is super effective. Yeah. Yamask still has a look of determination on its face as it takes the hit. That's right. It is then Jirachi's turn, who has this glowing energy about them uh, as they say, all right, you you can do it, you can do it. Who would you like Jirachi to use helping hand on? 
one of your party members. Essentially, they will get a, a boost, a bonus. Jirachi is unable to make attacks, but is able to, if anything happens with the professor and Mason, can try to help them. But if nothing's wrong with them, because they have both made uh, very good rolls on their saves, Jirachi can lend a little bit of support through helping hand. So would you like Jirachi to helping hand Mikey, Yamask, Georgie, or the professor or Mason or Yamask? What does helping hand do again? Helping hand, it's like bardic inspiration. So it adds something to the hit? Whoever gets it can add a D10 to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw they make in the next 10 minutes. Okay, I want it on Georgie. I normally wouldn't put it on myself, but Mikey just got devastated. So I think he's going to have to swap out soon. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Jirachi says, come on, you can do it, and gives George Foreman a helping hand. She loves it. Does a spin. She is doing the monster mash. Professor Nichols has made his way like back behind you all and is just trying to stay in a position where he's aware of everything that's going on, but uh, definitely is leaving the trainers between him and, you know, the awful thing that has possessed him. We are then back up to the top with Luca. Shadow punch. Who is Mikey going to shadow punch? Spear tomb. So that is automatic, guaranteed ghost damage, no roll to hit, so it's 1d10 plus 7. Great. Nine plus 7, 16. 16 points of ghost damage to the spirit tomb. Excellent. A good little hit as Mikey <laughs> rushes forward with the shadow punch and hits the projected face of the spirit tomb. These ghostly green orbs surrounding this crooked spirally face. But that is Luca's turn. Pearl, you're up. You know, after all this time talking about you, thinking about your spirit tomb, hearing your voice and my horrifying nightmares, I really haven't really gotten super acquainted with you. I'd like to do a nature check. Okay, what are you trying to discern? It's type. Go ahead and roll. Only a 13. A 13? With a 13, you've seen this before. You've uh-huh. encountered this before. Uh-huh. I'll give you one of its two types. Okay. Because you've seen it before and encountered it. That one of its types is dark. Yes! Okay, great. She goes, oh, so you're a dark chocolate kind of ghost, not a milk chocolate kind of ghost. Don't give you a Snickers. Got it. <laughs> and with that, she's going to tell Georgie to use Felstinger. Felstinger. Okay, roll to hit then. 24. 24 will hit. Great. And it takes two PP. Yes, correct. 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage to the spirit tomb. As out of her honeycomb ball gown, this awful looking stinger pops out as she flies up toward it and hits one of these ghostly green orbs that's floating around the perimeter of the spirally face. That is your turn. It is then the spirit tomb's turn who is going to lay a curse on George Foreman. I need Georgie to make a wisdom save. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20 does beat the DC of the curse. Yes. Oh, look at this, you guys. Oh, can we just take a second and see the growth as a player from one year up to this point? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I was ready for this. Maybe I'm not, but here we go. There were some thoughtful moves, I swear. (laughs) Versus last time. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, we've gotten mentally stronger, she yells at the spirit tomb. (laughs) Look at her, she's a lady now. You never even met her. So that was its action, was its attempt to curse. But as a bonus action, it will once again use Shadow Sneak. Again, on George Foreman and on Mikey. Five plus seven, 12 on George Foreman to hit. So it does not hit? Uh, No, it doesn't. Oh, wow. Two low rolls, though. That is a six plus seven, 13 to hit Mikey, which just barely misses his AC of 14. Beautiful. Wow. Didn't see that coming. All right. All right. 
Also, since I forgot to do it at the end of the last round, I'll just do it now. Pearl, I need you and Luca to make charisma saves. I've got 15 for Pearl. Okay. And 19 for Luca. 15 and 19. Okay. Nothing happened. Great. But that is the Spirit Tomb's turn. Nice. It is then Mason's turn with Yamask, who I think is just uh, going to be engaged in combat with this doll-like sure. creature now. Yeah. As Yamask goes to return the favor with a hex of their own. And a 17 does hit this creature. Yo yeah, yo. Yeah. Whoa, max damage from Yamask, though. 2d8s yes. rolled 8s on both of them. Proud. That's a total of 20 ghost damage, doubled to 40 as it's super effective. Proud. As Yamask and this doll-like creature are throwing these shadows back and forth at each other, both of them just, you know, ducking in and out of the shadows and <laughs> they're like flying up in the air above everything else, just having this battle between themselves. It is then the mummified Pokemon's turn as it actually comes up to flank George Foreman and does a shadow punch. That is 13 points of damage to Georgie as there are now these two Pokemon uh, surrounding her. She's handling it like a champ. True lady. She's like, ooh, a party. On Professor Nichols' turn, he stays where he is. Okay. And really, unless it becomes relevant, I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. It is then the haunted doll's turn as it goes to... Oh, it has an action and a bonus action. It's going to use Hex and Shadow Sneak on Yawmask. Aw, not yaw. A 17 for Hex will hit. 16 doubled to 32 points of damage is oh, enough to KO Yawmask. Oh, dang. I didn't realize Yaw was hurting that bad. Oh, yeah. Shoot the boot. Not being an evolved Pokemon, they don't have that many hit points. Pearl sees it. Yawmask, no! As even though they were able to do a huge amount of damage on their one hit that they got in, uh, Yamask is KO'd. And as it has its bonus action still available, it eyes George Foreman, who's just the closest to it, and <laughs> sends out a Shadow Sneak towards her. That's an 18 to hit with Shadow Sneak. All right, fair. And that is six points of ghost damage to Georgie. On Jirachi's turn, Jirachi will continue to be in that supportive position. They have another helping hand that they can dole out to somebody else besides Georgie. I would like it to go to um, Mikey. As Jirachi uses helping hand on Mikey, you see that Mason throws out uh, another one of his new ghost Pokemon. You see a mischievous, which is familiar. It is actually one of the same Pokemon that Mikey and Tarzan fought against in the first Spiritomb fight. Yes. But that is the bottom of the order. So that takes us back up to the top. But as the order ends, Pearl, I need you and Luca to make charisma saves. Pearl got an eight. Luca got 17. So with your eight, uh, as one of you fails this charisma save, you can see that the runes on the back wall glow brighter for a moment. And you see what looks like a bit of like the stone almost seems to peel away before you as you look and you see uh, what looks like the, the same sort of substance what, whatever the spiritum is made of this this gaseous purple and green energy it almost seems like it, it is like ripping open to the same sort of void expanse behind the stone and Mason and Professor Nichols are going to make charisma saves Pearl starts to see this and goes that's not a good sign we are then back up at the top and it is Luca's turn what's Mikey got Mikey's going to do a shadow punch. Okay, who is Mikey shadow punching? Spiritomb? Spiritomb. Okay, roll your damage. 13. 13 points of damage to Spiritomb. 
as Mikey continues laughing and punching. Even though he has taken a big hit from that one shadow sneak, uh, he's still having a grand old time. But that is Luca's turn then, and Pearl, you are up with Georgie. You're making me feel like I shouldn't be able to do what I want to do. Which is? Well, foul stinger again. Yeah. Okay. Even though I failed my cha. Yeah. Okay. As you failed your charisma save, you see that it seems like, you know, there's something going on with those runes ahead of you. Okay. I don't think I made it with my pluses, but that's a 16. A 16 would not hit. Would you like to use the helping hand that Georgie had? 100%. Plus eight. That will definitely hit. Go ahead and roll your fell stinger damage. 13 points of damage with fell stinger. But that is it for your turn. Oh, yeah, I'm stressed. That then takes us to the Spiritomb's turn, uh, who, as Georgie connects with another fell stinger, uh, you feel <laughs> this draft pick up in the room as Spiritomb uses ominous wind. That is a 25 to hit Georgie. That is a total of 25 points of ghost damage to Georgie from the ominous wind. And then as a bonus action, the Spirit Tomb is going to use Shadow Sneak, one on Georgie and one on Mikey. That is a 25 to hit George and a 22 to hit Mikey. Rolled the lowest on there for Georgie, so that's five. Rolled a one on that D10. Another one, so five doubled to 10 points of ghost damage to Mikey, as that is the Spirit Tomb's turn. It is then Mason's turn, who's going to shout out in a voice that I think is different than you are familiar with. Ooh, don't like that. Mischievous, confuse Ray. And this like twirly moat of light that almost flows around uh, in a you know zigzaggy sort of pattern, not dissimilar to how George Foreman used to fly as a comb bee. And this mote of light goes and flies toward Mikey. Shoot the boot. We lost him. Mikey is now confused. Luca. Yep. We lost Mason. Yep. Nope. Okay. That's but I'm not. I'm saying stuff. Yep. That is Mason's turn. It is then the mummified Pokemon's turn who is still right up here with George Foreman and is going to attempt to bind her as these ghostly mummy wraps come off of its body and shoot out towards her. That is an 18. Wow, rolled minimum. That is four points of normal damage, but Georgie is grappled. That is that Pokemon's turn as it looks at her with its one big red awful eye. It is then the Haunted Doll Pokemon's turn, who, seeing that Mischievous has been commanded to not go after it, it is going to attempt to hex Mikey. Natural 20. Dang, Mikey's going down. Very close to max damage. 21 doubled to 42 points of damage will be enough to KO Mikey the Haunter, as that confusion didn't even need to last for very long. As a bonus action, it is then going to shadow sneak at George Foreman, with also a natural 20 as Georgie takes 12 points of ghost damage. As Mikey is KO'd, Luca calls him back into his ball and says, That's all right, Mikey. You did good work. Come on, Tarzan! As he sends out Tarzan into the fray. But that ends the haunted doll Pokemon's turn. You're still unsure what exactly these strange creatures are that are helping the spirit tomb. It is then Jirachi's turn. Who is going to say, Come on, Mason, come back, come back. And Jirachi's action will be attempting to break the control that Spiritomb has. That's what I wanted. So not doling out a helping hand this turn, but instead we are going to have a contested roll. I will roll for the Spiritomb. You will roll for Jirachi. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, I'm using my um, dice envy dice. You got this. Their modifiers are the same, so let's just do flat roll. Okay. I got an 11. Dang it, I got a six. Ah, 
Jirachi goes over to Mason and is trying with this, you know, a bright golden light attempting to pull the spirits out of Mason, but the control here in the lair of the spirit tomb as it is still up uh, is too strong as it retains its control over Mason. Pearl, you and Luca make charisma saves. I got a 22. Okay. And Luca got a 16. A 16. Yeah. 22 and a 16. Nothing happens. Great. Okay. Whoo. We are then back at the top and Tarzan is out now. What's he going to do? Fury Cutter on Spear Tomb. Fury Cutter on Spear Tomb. Go ahead and roll the hit. Um, that's a 16. 16 total? Yeah. Does just barely miss the Spirit Tomb. <laughs> Dang, you guys, you tricked me on that. <laughs> yeah, 16 does just barely miss. I can't do another nature chat, can I? What are you trying to figure out? I just want to see how much of a dent we're making, where we're at with this spirit tomb. Mm, okay. Tell you what, there's a lot of things going on. I would go ahead and make a nature check. You might not be able to find out the specifics, but you can certainly take a look at it and try to discern how it's doing. 15. 15, it looks as though you all have certainly made a dent. Okay, good. You've made a sizable dent. Okay, all right, all right. That's what I needed to know. All right, Georgie's going to try to do something, but she's grappled. Yes, so at the beginning of her turn, Georgie can make a strength saving throw. It was a natural 20. Natural 20, yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely we're, succeeds. We're going to do Faustinger. Okay, on Spirit Tomb? Yeah, cool. it's our classic. Oh, does not hit 13. Oh, yes, I want to use my thing. My ace trainer thing. Your battle dice? Yes. Okay, so, so you I'm can- adding a d6. Correct. You can add a d6 and see if it hits. Five. So a total of 18? Yes. And 18 is just over its AC. Boom! I'm an ace trainer! She strikes a really powerful anime pose. <laughs> a powerful, powerful anime pose as George Foreman goes uh, and actually comes around with one attempt at the fail stinger. It, the spear tomb actually like opens up the projection as George Foreman flies through. But then George Foreman comes around the back and the fail stinger finds purchase. 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage. I'm really hoping this move pays off, you guys. With that, as George Foreman continues to come after the Spirit Tomb, doing the most to it, it is going to use another ominous wind. Pearl looks at George. He goes, I believe in you. Come on. Come on. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That was a 2 plus 10, so 12. Dang it. Does not hit. But it will also use its shadow sneak again. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. This time both the George Foreman because she's been consistently hurting it. Two plus 10, 12. Dang it. There we go, 22. Woo! This is a weird tactic, you guys. That is 19 points of ghost damage to Georgie. Um, Pearl looks at Georgie. Yes. Georgie gives her a little, a wink. And then Pearl looks to the spear tone. She goes, you may take us down, but you can't buy class. And Georgie faints and Destiny Bond kicks in. As the Destiny Bond kicks in, all of the little spiritual combies that were whizzing around the Spirit Tomb, as soon as their Queen George goes down, all of these little combies fly into the form of the Spirit Tomb, stinging it and stinging it and stinging it. And what is the actual wording of Destiny Bond again? You create a dark internal bond with an opponent, select a range, blah, 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 wisdom save, blah, blah, blah. If you faint, Georgie, if Georgie faints during combat, the opponent, the Spirit Tomb, must take damage equal to twice the damage of the same type that caused you to faint. Okay, so since it did 19 points of damage to Georgie, that is 38 points of damage to the Spirit Tomb. You classy, classy lady! That's how we fight! Oof, big one. 
be. You never saw that coming, that spear tomb. Never saw it coming. Oh my gosh. Wow, 38 points is, is huge against the Spiro Tomb. Who do you send out after George Foreman goes down? Seely. Okay, Seely's coming out. Ooh! All right, all right, all okay, right. Okay, Seely, this is it. <laughs> With your nature check from earlier, that was a big hit. The Spiro Tomb is looking uh, very, uh, you see it sort of like fading in and out it a little bit. It didn't see it coming. It did not see that coming. It is then the mummified Pokemon's turn who is going to go to uh, try to bind Seely. That was a two. Ha ha, we're buoyant. Does not hit. It is then Mason's turn, who is going to have both Tarzan and Seely make wisdom saves as it uses Psywave. Mason calls out, Mischievous, Psywave. Mason! And the Mischievous, just going along with what it's told, uses Psywave. Oh man, that's why I wanted to use that special defense. Ooh, fadufa. Okay, eight for Tarzan, 11 for Seely. Both Tarzan and Seely uh. are confused for two turns each. It is then the ghostly doll's turn as it goes to use knockoff on Tarzan and then shadow sneak on Seely. That is an 18 to hit Tarzan. Okay. As he takes 13 points of dark damage and then the shadow sneak at Seely is a unnatural 20 to hit and Seely takes seven points of ghost damage. That is its turn. It is then Jirachi's turn, who is going to use their action to attempt to bring Mason back uh, to push whatever this possession of the Spear Tomb is Come out on, of it. Jirachi. Let's do our contested roll. Oh. 19 for Spear Tomb. Dang it! Six. All right, all right. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. As Jirachi says, I'm trying, but it doesn't want to come out. Yeah, there's probably like 90 in there. There's 108, allegedly. <laughs> Jirachi, it seems, really does just kind of have the power to grant the wish, and that's it. So, uh, <laughs> nah, it's okay. But with that, that takes us back up to the top. Luca's up. All right, Luca. Go ahead and roll confusion for Tarzan. What do I add? Uh, it's just a flat roll. And 10. If it's 10 is just enough. It can hit. Great. Uh, Fury Cutter? Yep. On Spear Tomb? Yep. 15 plus 8? Does hit. Oh, beautiful. 16. 16 points of bug damage. Yeah. As it takes those 16 points of damage, simultaneously, just as Tarzan is going to attack, this spirit tomb uh, shoots out this shadow with a sucker punch attack as a reaction. That is a total of 20 to hit. Totally. <laughs> Low rolls, though, it ends up only doing 15 points of damage to Tarzan. All right, I'm rolling to see if Seely gets unconfused. Okay. Eight. Eight. Seely takes three points of damage as she hurts herself in her confusion. Seely, that's a pole! Ah! Seely, that's a rock! <laughs> you, the trainer, can do something if you like. I want to feed Seely a special defense. Okay, cool. So, X defense or X special defense? X special defense. Excellent. So, since Seely can't do anything on her turn, you instead use your trainer action to give her that item. Bonus action Pokedex so that you can stop calling them a doll and a mummy? Sure. <laughs> Which one would you like me to do, Jonah? You choose. All right, let's flip a coin here. All right, it's the mummy. The mummy. You scan this thing with your Pokedex and it says, Dusclops, the beckon Pokemon. Dusclops' body is completely hollow. There's nothing at all inside. It is said that its body is like a black hole. This Pokemon will absorb anything into its body, but nothing will ever come back out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Messed up. Pearl looks at it after it, it scans. She goes, wow, I'd love to see this thing at a buffet. <laughs> Clops. 
as its one eye looks on. It is then the Spiritomb's turn. It is going to attempt to put a curse on Seely. How dare you? I need Seely to make a wisdom save. Five. Five. Seely does not succeed on her wisdom save. She is cursed. At the end of each of her turns from here on out, she will take an amount of ghost damage. Then as a bonus action, it is going to use Shadow Sneak on Seely and Tarzan. What? That's only a 12 to hit Seely. Great. And that's a natural one on Tarzan. Ah. As it's like both of them are so confused, they're kind of just stumbling around the place, so the spirit <laughs> can't actually like shoot its you know shadowy energy that's out awesome. at them. <laughs> it's like a Scooby-Doo effect moment. It was very Scooby-Doo. But that is its turn. It's then Mason's turn, and he says, Mischievous, astonish. Mason, stop it. It's not cute anymore. You look over at Mason as he's directing his mischievous to do its awful deeds, and you see that as this has gone on, you see these, like, shadowy tendrils sort of, like, emerging from him, tentacle-like almost, as you see the glow in his eyes. Wow, he's eating a lot of slugs. That is a 16 to hit Tarzan, which will... Tarzan takes 13 points of ghost damage. That is Mason's turn. It is then the Dusclops' turn. It has a name. It goes to Shadow Punch Tarzan. Rollo, Rollo. It did. That was only one. Yes. Tarzan takes seven points of ghost damage. Hang in there, Tarzan. Rollo. Then on the Haunted Doll's turn, we still don't know what it is. Mystery. Mm, So mysterious. Mm Mm-hmm. It is going to hex Seely and try to shadow sneak Tarzan. That is three plus seven. Only a ten. Mrs. Seely again. This sort of you know flopping and flailing around that she's doing as she's confused is uh, somehow making it hard for her to hit, be hit. Apparently, she's just so adorable. How can you hit her, guys? How can you hex this? That is a total of eighteen to hit Tarzan, though, as the shadow sneak does seven more points of ghost damage. That is its turn. Jirachi then is going to continue, uh, especially now that these awful, you know, shadowy tentacles are emerging from Mason. As it seems that he's being more and more fully taken over. The Spiritum says, Yes, he is mine. Go ahead and make that roll for Jirachi. 15. That was a natural one for the Spiritum. Yes. Jirachi's like, mm, Not yet, <laughs> sucker. Not while I'm here. Jirachi says, Don't get ahead of yourself. And with the golden energy, they are able to disperse these shadowy tendrils that were like coming forth out of like the mouth and eyes and ears of Mason. (laughs) They are dispersed. It is then the end of the round. Pearl and Luca, charisma saves. Luca has 15, Pearl has 16. 15 and 16, just barely. Nothing happens at the end of the round. I think that with your passive perception, you find it odd that the sort of paper burning away effect that seemed to be happening on the stone wall has not continued since earlier. I'm reading through your cheap tricks. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors, baby. You're not scaring me today. I'm a pearl. It is then Luca's turn. So go ahead and make that confusion roll for Tarzan. Natural 20. Yep. No longer confused. Tarzan's going to do that bug move. Fury cutter. All right, he's going to try to get a Fury Cutter in. Natural one. Oh, dang. dang. I think that he focuses so much on, you know, shaking himself out of it that he goes to try to hit with the Fury Cutter with the sword, but it just slices right through and does not seem to find purchase on the Spiritomb. But that is Luca's turn. Pearl, you're up. All right, I got to roll for confusion for Seely. Yes. Come on, blubbery babe. Natural 20. Ooh, natural 20. Seely is no longer confused. What's she going to do? She's going to use Surf. I'm very excited about this. Ooh, she uses Surf. Tell me about it. 
Seely creates a powerful wave that crashes down on the spirit tomb in a 30-foot cone. Uh, they must make a dex saving throw. Okay, dex saving throw. I'm going to say that because of where she's at, that the dust clops is also in this cone. Great. Just because it's been all up on her in that same area, so I think that they're both going to have to make the save. Seely? Ooh. Calabunga. <gasps> I've waited so long to say that to you. Seely uses surf. The dust clops rolls, an 18 on the deck save. <laughs> and Spiritomb, oh wow, that's a total of seven. Yes! So okay. Spiritomb will take the full amount of the attack. It's 17 points of damage for the Spiritomb. Okay. And half of that for the mummy. And that is your turn then? Yeah, now hit me with that ghost damage. Seely takes 13 points of ghost damage from the curse. It is then the Spiritomb's turn, uh, who seems to be just barely hanging on. You see it, uh, as it has before, phasing in and out of this plane as the runes on the back wall sort of flicker behind it with this purple energy. With your passive perception, you see, like, within this spiraling face, this figure, you see what looks almost to be like the silhouette of a human of some sort. And the face is the face of the Spiritomb. You! You're the one who made the spell! No. The spell was made against me. But I will be victorious. As within this large green and purple spiral, this humanoid figure just holds up a hand towards you. Go ahead and you and Luca make charisma saves once again. That's what you get for talking to it. All right, Lucas got a 17, Pearls got a 19. 19, okay. It raises its hand up towards you all and attempts to assert its will in some way as it seems to be flickering in and out, determined not to be defeated. But with your rolls, you are not affected by whatever was about to happen. But it is then the Spiritomb's turn, its actual turn, as it goes to use ominous wind on Tarzan and sends out two shadowy tendrils towards Seely with its Shadow Sneak. That's an 18 to hit Tarzan. That is 22 points of damage from the ominous wind. I think he's still standing. Oh, he had 22 exactly. Wow, all right. I hadn't even looked yet. Goodbye, brother. Tarzan goes down. Who should Lucas send out, Omen or Tufus? Omen. Lucas says, all right, Tarzan, get back in here. Did your best. You did your best. That's all right. Okay. Come on, Omen. Let's see what you can do. We're so close, Luca. Stay in there. Yeah, we got this. We got this. You know it's always a good sign when they talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the dark tendrils of the shadow sneak, it lashes out at Seely. Seely's adorable. Of course <laughs> it gets lashed out upon. That is a 17 and a 22. Low damage rolls, though. That is 12 total points of ghost damage from the two shadow sneaks. As that is the Spiritomb's turn. It is then Mason's turn, who, now being broken free of the Spiritomb's grasp, uh, kind of shakes it off and says... <sighs> Okay, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mischievous, you confused, Ray. Yeah, you better be sorry. I was about to have to run you into a comb over there, Mason. <laughs> and Mischievous this time sends out this flickering mode of light that swirls and twirls its way toward the Spiritomb, confusing it, as the Spiritomb will be confused three rounds by the Mischievous. It is then the Dusclops' turn, who I think, since you have really drawn the ire of the Spiritomb, is going to try once again to bind Seely. 
Can't blame him. We're really huggable. Goodness gracious. It, it is rolled so low. That is four plus six. So ten total will not hit Seely as it goes in. Uh, it's just is like sending out more and more of its body. These ghostly mummy wraps as it tries to, you know, grapple her. But Seely just ordo, 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 hops, and, <laughs> hops and flops out of the way. Yeah, put Blubber as one of your vulnerabilities. <laughs> but that is the Dusclops' turn. It is then the mysterious haunted doll's turn. Ooh. Who, seeing that the mischievous is no longer on its side, is going to use its last hex and a shadow sneak at it. That is a natural 20 with hex. Ooh. That is going to be 18 doubled to 36 points of ghost damage from the hex. And then that was a total of 17 on shadow sneak, which will also hit. Wow, that was very powerful. Pearl's mouth is open wide. That was brutal. As 30 oh my gosh. As 36 plus another 10 from the bonus action shadow sneak does a total of 46 points of damage in one turn KOs the mischievous. Oh. Mason then calls back another one of his ghost Pokemon. He says, oh, okay. Um, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, frillish. Yeah, I was not ready for that either. As he sends in this ghostly jellyfish. So that was the mysterious haunted doll's turn. Jirachi has a helping hand available if you want to put that on somebody. They say, how can I help? How can I help? We're close. We're really close. Put it on Seely. Put it on Seely. No, I'm so sorry. Put it on Omen. On Omen? Okay. Because yeah. I've got my four battle dice still. <laughs> okay. Jirachi gives a helping hand to Omen. It is then the end of the round, and I need everybody to make a charisma save, and the Spirit Tomb as its lair action is going to impose disadvantage. Okay. That was a 17 for Pearl at disadvantage. At disadvantage. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Luca just has 11. 11. So Luca fails his save. Oh, no, bud. Go ahead and make them for the Professor and Mason as well. Okay. Whoa, I just rolled a natural 20. Dang it. Um, 16. 16 with disadvantage? Yeah. Nat- All right. 16 and 20. Yep. I wish I would have given that one to Luca. Sorry, bud. Oh, can I give that 16 to Mason? Yes. Okay. The Professor has four. All right, so with two more failed rolls, as you see, uh, just like with the last bit of fury as the spirit tomb is just barely holding on, and you see this shadowy humanoid figure behind the face, you see once again the sort of like paper peeling away of the stone against the runes as more and more you see like what looks like this void behind this wall is seeming to open up. With your passive perception, I think you also note that there are like these, you know, shadowy swirls around Luca as he's like trying to bat them away. And as Professor Nichols fails his save, you see just this one red eye that seems to be like projected in front of him as he's like standing stock still looking at this wall that is fading away, it seems. Pearl doesn't have a comment. (laughs) She's very scared. But that's the end of that round. It is then Luca's turn at the top as it says, I will. Omen will bite. Roll to hit. Natural 20. Natural 20. We critted. <laughs> I will not go. Yeah, and neither will we, says Luca. <laughs> <laughs> it was three points doubled, six plus four, ten. 
10 points of biting damage as Omen just like is bounding through the shadows with just like these little flames coming out the side of his mouth as he starts ripping and tearing away at the remaining shadows, almost at what would seem like the cloak of this humanoid figure, uh, just biting away at it, trying to rip away at these shadows. It's your turn. What's Seely doing? Remember, Seely, it's always good when they start talking to us. <laughs> Seely, use Blizzard. A blizzard mm-hmm. in the same direction that it was before will mean that Dusclops and Spiritomb both need to make their saves. Two nines, so that's a 12 and a 12. So both will fail on those saves. Yes. I'm going to use one of my battle dice for extra damage, too, on this. Okay. 26 points of damage. 26 points of damage from the blizzard. It's your signature move. How does Seely do it? <gasps> yeah! Seely. Ordor. Think of it like a submarine. Ordor. And then this long, icy, icy, icy blast begins. And while it's going, Pearl wants to look straight into this person and say, tell us your real name. As this happens, this onslaught of this blizzard shoots forth from Seely as she and her little beret just, Ordor blasts it forth, and you see that there's like a bit of even like an icy glow around her body as it shoots forward. Yes, queen. As this is happening, you see that much like the papery wisps uh, coming off of the wall, uh, they they continue to kind of fade away and fade away, and you see more of this void opening up that seems to be like almost uh, causing this draft to suck things toward it in the wall. As the vision of the spiritomb is fading away and fading away, this figure says, And as the void of this wall and these runes sucks the projection of this figure, the spiritomb, into it, simultaneously, the dusclops and the haunted doll, who knows what its name was, (laughs) also get sucked in as well. I need you all to make wisdom saves. You, the humans. Okay. 18 for Pearl. Okay. 17 for Luca. Okay. 12 for Mason, okay. 13 for Professor. With that, as this void opens up and the figure of the Spiritomb is sucked in, it shoots out these shadowy tendrils that wrap around the Professor and Mason and they start getting pulled in. Jirachi! I've got him! And Jirachi goes and with the glowing light coming from them, sends out these like glowing yellow hands almost that pull back on them and go to uh, try to pull them back. Go ahead and roll for Jirachi. Oh gosh. It's plus Jirachi's charisma, which is a 10. Okay, 19. Okay, that was for Mason. And for Professor? 12. 12 total? No, 12 plus 10. Oh, 22. okay. Gotcha. Um, Pearl, while she yells, Jirachi! She looks at the lurker and she says to the lurker, You may return, but you won't get our friends. As you say that, these golden beams that have reached out from Jirachi uh, grab onto the Professor and Mason and manage to hold onto them as the third eye on the torso of the Jirachi opens. Yes! With this this powerful glow. And the Jirachi says, no, you won't return. Oh my gosh, yes! Woo! We're banishing it! And from the Professor and Mason, this one large red eye that was on top of the Professor's face (laughs) detaches from it and is also flinged into the void. And these tendrils... (laughs) And as she sees the eye open, she goes, and hears it. She goes, I mean, yeah, yeah, you won't return and you won't get our friends. That's what I really meant. (laughs) 
Simultaneously, these like tendrils, almost like slugs, as you've mentioned, like come out of like the mouth and ears spin and eyes out. of Mason. It's me and Seely. As they continue to come out and come out, they get sucked into the void. As all of these things are getting pulled in, you and Luca are holding on strong and Seely continues this blizzard. Keep going! The entire side of the room where this wall of runes in that seems to be like breaking away, breaking away, getting sucked into this void. The professor says, we can't go back. It's the distortion world. We can't go back. As he's holding on and being supported by the hands of Jirachi. Pearl, with your very high passive perception, off in this void, far in the distance, you see a figure that seems to be flying through this void. Another one. As this whole thing seems to be breaking apart uh, in the distance, in what seems like this uh, impossible space flying towards you, you see this huge gray draconic looking creature with this serpentine look uh, with these golden tipped spikes uh, on the sides of it and uh, additional golden spikes near the edge of its awful tail and these uh, golden half rings around its neck. Instead of wings, it has these four dark shadowy tendrils that have these red tips on the end and it seems to be... Seely, can you hurry up that blizzard? Seely? <laughs> Flying toward this gap in the void that has been made here as everything else is getting sucked in. But as the void is opened and these runes have been, you know, stripped away, Jirachi says, your power here is gone. And this golden light <laughs> envelops the whole room. And it is blindingly bright for a moment as this serpentine dragon creature is flying towards you. All is too bright to see for a moment. And then it is dark again once more, except for the faint glow of Jirachi as the eye closes. And the wall of runes is just a solid wall once more. I think we all fall down in some way or shape or fashion. As all is quiet once more, the glow continues around Seely. Seely, you did it! And Pearl comes and clings on to Seely, like just, you know, crawls over. She fell on her knees and just gives her the biggest hug. You feel this cold glow around Celie as you continue to give her a hug as she says, What do you mean you feel funny? And in your hands, in this hug, Celie's form begins to change. Her blubbery body begins to get larger and longer, and it, you feel it changing in your arms. Anna, do you let go, or do you still hang on to Seely? Oh, I think she's hanging on. You hang on to Seely as you feel the form change in your arms. She becomes longer, more sleek, uh, but still retaining that blubbery softness and still wearing her little uh, beret and scarf as Seely evolves. <gasps> Seely is now a dugong. And that's where we'll end this episode. You know what I love about that? Mm -hmm. I love that, like, in the shadow, like, you know how they evolve and you kind of see the shadow? Uh huh. (laughs) Pearl's body is clutching. It's like in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I love about that.
Are you looking for high-quality, family-friendly podcasts? Shows that are safe for younger or more sensitive listeners. Podicon Go is a reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcast that everyone can enjoy. From educational programs to conversational topics and incredible storytelling and role-playing shows in a variety of styles, themes, and age groups. Podicon Go is a group of independent podcast creators dedicated to creating high-quality programs that provide family fun for everyone. Visit podicongo.com for an ever-growing lineup of shows complete with descriptions and ways you can listen. Connect with the Podicon Go family-friendly podcast network on Facebook and Twitter. P-O-D-I-C-O-N Go. It's podcast fun for everyone. Podicon Go. Thank you for listening to Postcards from Poa and Crush Camping Junior.